This is an afterlude to today's episode of Into Your Head Podcast Hello. Today's episode of Into Your Head Podcast Hello, it's already over. It's all done and dusted. You just haven't heard it yet. So this is an afterlude. I've decided, I know I've been I've been going back and forth on this issue of preludes. Uh, from one point a few weeks ago, I said, oh... You make a prelude and then you make a further prelude and you put the further prelude before the main prelude. Uh, and then the next week I decided, no, you make a prelude and then if you make a further prelude, it goes after the prelude. But no, I've decided now, you put an afterlude in front of the show, especially if you've already made most of it. And I've already made most of it. It would be dishonest to call this a prelude. Uh, so I apologise for the previous episodes where I've been called holding this bit a prelude, although I didn't. I didn't lie about it. I, I didn't pretend that I hadn't already recorded the rest of the show. I was quite open about it. But no, I think it was wrong of me to label it a prelude. Uh, this is an afterlude. Now, if it turns out I want to start doing something at the end of the show, after the closing music, I'll have to call that something else. Don't worry, I won't, I won't call it a prelude. I'll be ridiculous. I'll come up with something. We'll see, we'll see when the time comes. Uh, probably not this time, but maybe sometime in the future I'll start doing afterludes and I'll have to call them something else because this is the afterlude and I'm putting it at the beginning. I suppose there's nothing stopping me from making afterludes and then deciding whether to put them at the beginning or the end. There's still an afterlude if I, as long as I've made it after everything else. Then what if I make a prelude, uh, but I want to put it at the end? Uh, then how does that work? I don't know. There's a lot to think about. I've been, uh, up until a few weeks ago, I'd been away from podcasting for seven years, uh, and I hadn't really given much consideration to how, how this stuff happens nowadays, because it's all changed. It's all changed since I started. I did this for ten years, uh, up until... Uh, 2016 and then I stopped uh, so I'm completely out of touch with podcasts uh, unless the cost counted the 12 hours of podcast I listen to every day uh, but no I don't know what the latest thinking on this is I have to do my research I'm pretty much just making it up as I go along but no this is an afterlude and we'll see how this works out anyway on with the show this is a further afterlude to today's episode of Into Your Head Podcast Hello. Uh, the initial afterlude has, has already been made, so this is a further afterlude. Uh, I've just been thinking, uh, this is wrong, this just sounds stupid, sounds stupid and ridiculous, but that's okay. Uh, the first person, the first person who did brain surgery, everyone thought was stupid and ridiculous. In fact, even worse, a lot of his colleagues thought he was reckless and irresponsible. But he still did it. And as a result, we now have successful brain surgery. Uh, so if you're going to be all weird about it, you want me to go, don't try doing an afterlude and then a further afterlude at the beginning of the show because it might sound silly. No, do stuff that sounds silly. That's how you innovate. Uh, it's worth you take a gamble and you see how it goes. So no, you're doing a, a further afterlude here. If I feel like it, I'll do another further afterlude at the end of the show. I just think there's something appropriate to label it. When the time comes in the fullness of time, we'll see. 
now I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, oh, he said he already done the show. And you make the prelude when you finished, even if you put it at the beginning. Why would he be making another prelude that goes at the end? Ah, uh, well, that's a good point. I might just want to do a third prelude, but I don't want to do three preludes at the beginning. Ah, uh, because then people would be thinking, oh, he's just, he's just overdoing it now. He's making hay while the sun shines and wasting our time. And you'd be largely right about that. So I won't do it. I won't do it. So if I decide that there's more preluding to be done or more afterluding, I'll do it at the end. I probably won't be probably won't. I don't think I have much to say in a prelude today anyway, which is just as well. Anyway, on with the show. We have a lot to get on with today. Items that need to be attended to, issues that need to be addressed, topics. Oh, topics. We've got lots and lots of topics. We're positively booming to the seams with topics. We've got topics coming out of this padlock. It's an open padlock I have here. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. It's a padlock. There's an occasion about once every two or three months when I get to keep custody of this padlock all day. All day. When I'm expecting an oil delivery. Have the gate open and I keep the padlock with me to remind me to close it again. And I go, oh, look, I have custody of the padlock all day. Isn't that absolutely fantastic? This must be like what it's like to be a, a father who has custody of his children once uh, once every couple of weeks. They go, oh, I have the padlock today. I have the padlock today. I think I'll bring it out. Oh, I'll bring it out to the cinema and it'll really like me. I'll have one ticket to... One ticket to Spider-Man 3 uh, and another ticket for the pad. Do I have to buy a ticket for my padlock? And they'll say, what in the name of Christ are you talking about, sir? And he'll say, oh, I have the padlock with me to remind me to, to remind me to lock the gate after the oil delivery has been and gone. And they'll say, oh, right. Now, how does this oil delivery work exactly? Do, can they not? Is it so fucking non-liquid that it can't be squeezed in through the gaps in the, in the gate? And you will say, well, I suppose they could do that if the if the oil tank was uh, had a straight if there was a straight line of sight from the from the gate to the oil tank. I suppose they could just go up to the gate and put the put the holes through and then point it straight. In. If they had good aim, I'd have to leave the cap off, of course. I'd have to take the the cap off the oil tank in the back garden and I'd leave a note on the gate saying hello oil people I don't want to leave the gate un unlocked so please just come up to here and point your hose towards my oil thing and try and get it in the direct stream into the tank I suppose they probably wouldn't do that so there's probably all sorts of health and safety issues involved with that but leaving my gate open is a health and safety issue too I'm trying to avoid being burgled I suppose I probably shouldn't be going to the cinema then well then well, i have custody of the padlock that normally keeps the gate locked well, i'm not going to the cinema i'm in my back room making a podcast so don't worry about it and the cinema operator will say that's fine sir but i still don't know what you mean by a ticket for your padlock and you'll say neither do i so that probably means i don't need one so that's fine just one ticket to spider-man please and they'll 
fellow behind the counter will say, uh, would you like to buy some sweets? And you will say, no, thank you very much. No, thank you very much. I'll bring my own in. I'll sneak my own in in the backpack. And if you if you find out that they're in my backpack, that's no problem. I'll have some more hidden in the soles of my shoes. Now, it'll be rather limited in what I can put in the soles of my shoes, as suppose. But that's okay. That's okay. I'll think of something. It'll be half of the fun is the... Is they getting it through the getting it through the security the security at the cinema gate where they oh they check you and they'll say oh have you any of your own food that he brought in sir and you'll have a slice of toast hidden in the sole of each of your shoes and then you'll have a spare pair of shoes in your backpack you'll have a slice of toast hidden inside each of them too now you won't be able to butter them because that'll cause a mess otherwise I suppose you could put two slices in each and butter them and put the two slices together would that squeeze the butter out though no not if it's cooled down if you wait until the toast is cooled down uh, then butter it and then put it in under your shoes and make sure your feet don't get too hot and sweaty then it shouldn't melt too much so that should be fine now it occurs to me you wouldn't be able to use the normal big square uh, sliced bread for last because that wouldn't fit in your standard shoe uh, not that there is a standard shoe just your average shoe size size 11 or 12 or 13 even I don't think you'd be able to fit a, a full wide slice of toast or two slices of toast from a normal big sliced pan in that but no you could use one of the smaller ones use one of them but the smaller ones are usually nicer anyway and get a nice little bit of bread that's around the size of the sole of your shoe although those ones they don't fit in the toaster that's the problem you don't ever know what to do with them you put them halfway into the toaster and there's a bit sticking out and then you get two thirds of the way through the toasting process and you say oh i'm going to be clever now i'm going to take this out and put her back in upside down and it'll just toast a bit on the other side as well, the other end of it. But then, of course, you'll forget that you had to... You, you have accidentally, absent-mindedly unpopped the toaster while you were turning upside down. So it's starting the whole cycle again. See, it's probably going to be in there so long that it'll get burnt, unless you remember to stop it prematurely. So anyway, that's that's what's happening with the padlock. The great padlock is, I've had, it, I've had it several years now. Once upon a time, there was a dog. A dog. A dog. A dog. Uh, basically a dog. Just a dog. I say just a dog. Must we expecting more than a dog? I don't know. Why would you need more than a dog for a story about a dog? Uh, you could have less than a dog, I suppose, as well. But then there wouldn't be a dog either. Wouldn't be a story about a dog either. No, it's a, a normal part of a story about a dog is that entails having a dog. So once upon a time there was a dog. Uh, it's a standard beginning for a story about a dog. You say once upon a time. I suppose you could start right back at the beginning and do an origin story and say once upon a time there wasn't a dog. I tried. I will try that. I might as well uh, never say I'm not open to new ideas. Once upon a time, there was no dog. There was complete absence of dog. Not only was there absence of dog, there was absence of the concept of dog. Uh, there was even absence of the concept of there being absence of dog. Uh, there was just nothing. It was just the Big Bang hadn't happened. Not only had the Big Bang not happened yet, there was nowhere for the Big Bang to happen. There was no nothing. There was just nothing. Complete absence of dog. 
no dog at all. Uh, nobody even noticed that there was no dog. Uh, nowhere for the no dog to be. Because if there's, if there's no dog, there's nowhere for the no dog to be. Of course, that's the problem. So that's how suddenly there was a dog. There was nowhere for there to be no dog. Uh, you can't go, there is no dog. Because someone will say, where was there no dog? And you'll say, oh, well, nowhere. Because there wasn't, nowhere existed yet. So there's nowhere for there to be an absence of dog. So I suppose by the fault that means there was dog. So there was dog. In the beginning there was dog. So we saw her that out now. So once upon a time there was dog. And the dog says, oh, I wonder what I am. Or who I am. Or how long I've been here. How long have I been here? I don't know. I feels like I was being around here since around last Christmas. I think I was a, I think I was a Christmas present or something. I think I, I think I arrived on Christmas Eve night. But arrive where? That's the question. I don't know. This place where I've arrived didn't exist uh, because that's why. I do. That's why I'm here because there is nowhere for me to be, to be not. I'm not explaining it very well because I'm a dog. The narrator can do that, but no. Uh, once upon a time, there was a, uh, there was me. Uh, in the beginning, there was absence of me, but then someone figured out that there was nowhere for there to be absence of me. Uh, so how can there be absence of me if there's nowhere to be? If there's nowhere to be, you can't have an empty room if there's no room. That's the thing. And therefore, there was a room and there was a dog in it. I'm a dog and there was a room in it. And that's it. That's just how it works. You may not understand it, but that's just because you don't understand something that doesn't mean... Well, it doesn't mean anything. It just means you you haven't spent long enough studying your astrophysics yet. You go back and study astrophysics for another while, see if you can make anything of it. Oh, is that astrophysics? I don't know. <laughs> or is it theology? Or is it... What's that other thing? Philosophy. Maybe it's philosophy. Uh, philosophy is handy for when there's nothing. Because if there's nothing... Uh, nobody has a clue what's going on. That's when philosophy comes along, and philosophy is what you use to think about the nothing that's going along. Uh, so philosophy basically created that dog out of nothing. And philosophy said, look, uh, I know you think there's no dog, but no, there is a dog. The dog exists. I've just explained using logic why the dog exists. It just can't, it can't not exist, because there's nowhere for there to not be a dog. Therefore, there is a dog. And the dog will say, oh, that's great. So there's a dog now and it can speak. And the philosopher will say, ah, I didn't say it could speak. And the dog says, well, you didn't say it couldn't speak. And the philosopher will say, ah, no, I didn't say it couldn't speak. That doesn't mean it can speak. How can a dog not be able to speak if there's nowhere for the dog to not be able to speak? And there's no dog. If there's no dog to be, you can't have a dog who's not able to speak. If there's no dog to not be able to speak, and there's nowhere for the dog to, to not be. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, it's basically a progression of the argument that you made. I know I'm not doing it very well, but I'm a dog, but I can speak. And the philosopher says, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. You should get someone to write it down for you now, or it'll be forgotten. 
because uh, otherwise your fantastic idea just going to be completely forgotten and nobody will have ever heard of you. Oh, that'll be terrible. So it'll just be me then, the philosopher, who was, all my ideas are being written down by my scholar, uh, what's-his-face, because uh, I'm that scholar. What's that ancient scholar? Is it Archimedes or Plato or someone who had a, he didn't, oh, he never wrote anything down, but he had some pupil who wrote everything down that he said. Uh, well, I'm like that, and you're a dog who's trying to compete with me in philosophy, but you don't have anyone writing down your stuff. Uh, so basically, uh, you might as well not exist, because uh, uh, 10,000 years from now, they're not going to be saying, oh, the dog's pupil wrote all this down, and he said, this is an idea the dog had about how there's no way for the dog to not exist, and there's also no way for the dog not to be able to speak. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. And the dog will say, that's very unsporting of you, uh, human philosopher. I would think that as a philosopher, he'd be open to hearing other philosophers such as myself, a dog, and having us all heard. And the philosopher will say, oh, you might think that was not the case. Not the case. I'm an ordinary human being with an ego. I don't need some dog out arguing me. No, thank you. You don't exist. And the dog will say, but again, there's nowhere for me to not exist. You can't say there's absence of dog without there being somewhere for there to be an absence of dog. And... Uh, well, where is there going to be an absence of dog? And the philosopher will say, everywhere. And the dog will say, but what about before there was everywhere, before everywhere existed? Uh, where was the absence of dog then? There wasn't an absence of dog, therefore there was a dog. So there was a dog before there was anywhere, and then anywhere came along, and you're saying that suddenly after anywhere came along, there stopped being a dog. Is that what you're saying? Because uh, if that's the case, you're saying there was a dog in the beginning, uh, but it went away way as soon as oh as soon as existence came into being so you're saying the dog is the center of the universe and the creator uh, that's what you're saying but also that it's dead and the philosopher said <laughs> the philosopher will say oh for fuck's sake what in the name of christ have i got myself into here next time i'm just going to think about this stuff in my head oh, christ i'm not having some dog trying to oh jesus i mean jesus christ on a popsicle stick and uh, the dog will say, oh, that's another thousand years into the future. Has Jesus, no Jesus Christ yet. Uh, never mind popsicle sticks. How would you know about popsicle sticks anyway? That's a future thing. And the philosopher will say, you don't know what I mean by popsicle sticks. You're just assuming. I know there may be something that's being branded popsicle sticks several thousand years in the future. That doesn't mean the word can't have been used for something else back in my time. And the dog will say, well, it's fine then. That's fine. Well, good luck with that. I wish you all the very best with your philosophizing. See where it gets you. Uh, personally, I'm more into paleon paleontology. Oh no, not paleontology. What's the one where they collect stamps? And the philosopher will say, why in the name of Christ would you collect stamps? And the dog will say, oh, there's advantages to things like that when you're when you're here before everyone else exists. Uh, you've had plenty of time for one or two stamps that you own to amass value. The longer you leave them, the longer they amass value. I've been here since all eternity because there was absence of anything. So there was nowhere for me there to be an absence of dog. So there was dog. So I've been here all along. Uh, now you humans come along and existence comes along 
and I've got the oldest stamps possible. I've got billion year old stamps and I'm going to sell them now to some human who likes paleontology or philanthropizing. What's the quote? Not philanthropizing. He said, no, there's some other thing. Who cares? There's something beginning with P that's about stamp collecting. I don't even care enough about it to learn it. I'm a dog. I've mastered several languages, including two that I speak through my nose and one that I speak through my mouth, but not using words. I use hiccups and coughs and stuff. But no, I can't be arsed learning whatever the P word is for stamp collecting. I keep nearly saying paleontology, I know that's not it. And I keep saying something else, and I know that's not it. But no, why am I even trying? I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. Anyway, on with the show. And the philosopher says, what do you mean on with the show? Do you mean existence? And the dog says, I do not. It's not for me to, to say on with existence. And that's not. Firstly, that's rather arrogant, and secondly, if I acknowledge that I can just say on with existence and that makes existence continue, then that would be say also saying, uh, conversely, that if I don't say on with existence, we all disappear, which that would be a bad... I don't want that level of responsibility, right? You just uh, blink everybody in and out of existence, including myself, just by neglecting to say on with existence. Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, what I meant to, all I meant to say was on with the show. And the philosopher will say, yes, but what show? Do you mean the, the theatre that his uh, life and existence, the great stage, was, didn't Shakespeare or someone say? Uh, the stage, he called the life a stage, uh, which was stupid because he wrote stage plays that were on stages within the play. He wrote stages within a, he wrote plays within a play, if that's the thing. His own writing of the plays was a play. And the dog says, do you ever stop with the fucking philosophizing for five seconds? It's fucking tedious. It's absolutely. Can't even bring up, uh, oh, can't even bring up uh, the responsibility of being able to blink the universe out of existence without you philosophizing about Shakespeare making plays within plays. Get over yourself. And the philosopher says, oh, fair enough, fair enough. But what's the show? And, uh, dog will say the show is this uh, thing I'm doing I'm on this thing that's a show some people might call it a program in other eras it might be called a, a broadcast or a transmission or a oh, a program or a show or a podcast or something I call it a show I say a show because a show is a thing that's understood in various books I can't be arsed with this and the man says a dog, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Because you seem like a dog who's got a bit of a... Oh, you've got a bit of a grasp on reality. You understand things and you're able to think about things reasonably well. Uh, you seem to be a bit uh, not very enthusiastic about it. And the dog says, I just, I just wonder what's the meaning. What's it all about? I'm a dog. I'm a dog. Uh, I've existed since the beginning of time. And then apparently I only exist because there's no, there's nowhere for me to not exist. Uh, what kind of a way is that to live? That's no, there's no meaning to that. Fuck that shit. And the philosopher says, well, what do you want to do about it? And the dog will say, I don't think there's anything I can do about it. And the philosopher will say, 
Oh, but I thought you said the whole existence depended on you existing or something. And the dog says, that was just a theory. It's just a theory. All this philosophy is just a theory. I can't prove any of it. If I could prove any of it, uh, I would become a scientist. Uh, the philosophy is the bit where there's no science about it and we have to think about it. I'm just done with thinking. Thinking is boring. Fucking boring. It doesn't get you anywhere. It's just boring, boring, boring. You go, go around thinking all day. Thinking. Uh, you know that fella? Now, you probably don't know philosopher. But I, as, a, I as an eternal dog do know that at some point in the future there's going to be this fella. Oh, there's some sculptor and he's going to make a... Uh, a statue, a famous sculptor statue of this fella who's sitting there thinking. He's doing a thinking pose. I think he has his knuckles held up to his cheek or something. And he looks, I think he might be called a thinker or something. Uh, well, there's more to life than that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you may think there isn't more to life than that, but I do. Uh, except I don't. That's the problem. I don't think there's more to life than that. I just think there should be, but there isn't as far as I can see. And I can see a long way as an eternal dog. And the philosopher will say, that's fine, that's fine. Let's just go back to something with a cat. And the dog will say, what in the name of Christ does that mean? And the philosopher will say, what in the name of who? And the dog will say, Christ. You know Christ, he was born on the... Oh, he was born in a stable on the 24th of December and then he died and then he came back to life and then he died and then he came back to life and then he died and then he came back to life and then he died and came back to life because every time you have some sort of a ceremony where you turn them into bread and wine and you cram it down your greedy gullets like there's no tomorrow you know that kills him and he has to come back to life again it's fucking exhausting for him so if you think how exhausting it is for me being a dog, an eternal dog, just imagine what it's like for him, it's even worse. God help him. Well, God didn't help him. God just, oh, maybe he did. I suppose he did after he was dead. He said, oh, uh, just come out of the tomb there and then I'll find somewhere for you. Not on the earth. Stay here for a couple of weeks, though. Uh, enjoy the scenery and then I'll find somewhere else for you. I'll bring you up here, maybe, wherever I live. I live up here. And the dog will say, what in the name of Christ am I talking about now? You see, that's just no, absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And the great noise is out by all. Into your head. Two dogs walk into a bar. One of the dogs goes straight up to the bar counter and says, I think we started a dog bark story earlier, did we? But I can't remember how it went. Oh, yes, I remember now. Did I ask for a pint of milk? And the barman will say, no, I think that was the cat. How oh, didn't you? I don't know. Was there some philosophy thing with a dog, wasn't there? And the dog will say, oh, there probably was, but that wasn't me. I'm just a... We reset the dogs each time they go in. The, the cats have residual memory but each time the dog comes into one of these stories they reset so it becomes a new dog pretty much from scratch it's like having your memory wiped you just get a new generic dog so i'm a generic dog pleased to meet you and the barman will say oh pleased to meet you generic dog i'm a barman but i don't think i'm all that generic i'm well maybe i'm generic but i'm 
persistent. I continue to be the same barman throughout the episodes. I come back in different stories. Suppose that doesn't mean I'm generic. It means I'm persistent. You can be generic and persistent. I don't think you are, are you? And Dog will say, I don't think so. I think I'd remember if I'd been on here before. I'd remember, because I remember back to the beginning of creation. I remember back to when I was figuring out how about, oh, I was figuring out that there's no way, if I don't exist, then there's nowhere for me not to exist, and therefore I must exist. And that was like trillions and trillions of years ago, and I remember that. Uh, so I suppose I am persistent. And the only way, I suppose really the only way that I'm a generic dog is because I'm the first dog. And people assume when the first dog comes along, they say, oh, what's that? And someone else will say, that's a dog. And they'll go, oh, I see. So that's what a dog is. So that's a prime example of a dog. I remember that. Every time I hear the word dog now, I'll think of that, the first ever dog that I've seen. And I'll say, that's what a dog is. So that'll be forever in my mind as a dog. So I suppose in that sense, yes, I'm a generic dog. But I'm persistent. And the man behind the bar says, well, I don't know if you can call any dog persistent, really, because it gets distracted a lot. You get dogs coming in here and they'll come up to you and they'll say, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And then they'll get distracted by a cat or something and run off. So no, uh, in that way, they're not persistent, but they exist persistently. Uh, well, at least for a decade or two, uh, they go, why they do that you know why they do that dog the dog says oh you mean why we do that and the man behind the bar says oh yes of course i'm so sorry i didn't mean to talk talk about you as if you weren't in the room no no yeah do you have any idea why you do that you dogs uh, specifically and particularly you because you're the you're the first dog you're the generic dog uh, why did you start doing that the <laughs> And the dog will say, oh, well, back before existence begun, back when I was in that, oh, you know, the way or is back when there was nothing existing. And I realized one day, if nothing exists, then there's nowhere for me to not exist. So I must exist. And the barman says, yes, I remember that. Yes. And then the dog says, well, as soon as there was existence, then there was there was a vacuum, which meant I couldn't breathe. I didn't even know what breathing was yet, but suddenly I suddenly I existed and I had lungs and everything. So I started going. <laughs> I felt like I should be. I should be uh, drawing something into me, but I didn't know what. Uh, luckily, uh, uh, millions of a second later, the atmosphere came into existence, so I was able to breathe, so that was good. And the man behind the bar says, Oh, I always thought it was something you did instead of sweating. You go, <laughs> to cool down. And, uh, oh, the dog says, I suppose that would make sense, because when the... Well, you see, when that's a myth, though. You see, back in the beginning of time, I know when the... When the universe started, everything was very hot, so I would have had to go <laughs> to try and keep myself cool. Uh, but no, existence started long before last. There was no heat or anything, so it wasn't hot then. Although it wasn't cold either. Uh, so I suppose you have a point there. A point of my finest Guinness. Oh, 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 oh that's a little joke for you. And uh, the man behind the bar goes, oh, I see, we're back to that now, are we? And the dog goes, we're back to what now, are we? And the man behind the bar goes, oh, we're back to all just a normal run of the mill. 
animal walks into a bar story and the dog says not just any old animal though as you've kindly you've kindly taught me today i'm not just any old animal i'm just not just any generic dog i'm a dog i'm a persistent dog <laughs> and the man behind the bar goes so now that's interesting we've been talking about why dogs go all the time but you've only started doing it just now a moment ago up till then you weren't doing it at all and the dog says well that's because i didn't need it up till now whereas my body temperature was perfectly fine a lot of dogs go 24 7 because they think they need it but they're only really doing it out of instinct it's not necessary all the time but because they don't because they're not intelligent enough they have to do it on autopilot all the time uh, so that when there is a time that they need to be doing it they're doing it uh, if you get my drift and the dog says that's interesting now i think if dogs could learn to only go <laughs> when they really needed to, then a lot of people who aren't really into dogs would want it them further. Because a lot of people, they just, they're put off by something going <laughs> all the time, especially when there's the tongue and the saliva all over the place. That's why a lot of us prefer cats. And the dog says, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So you're saying, I, a dog who's been here since the beginning of time and before, I need to stop. Oh, I need to stop going... <laughs> so I can be so I can compete with a cat that's the is it I see I see what you mean you want an all eternal all powerful since the beginning of time and before dog to adjust what he does with his tongue uh, so he can compete with a cat who was born three days ago for Christ's sake and the man behind the bar says well to, to be fair a cat who was born three days ago is adorable you have to compete with that and how are you going to compete with that by going <laughs> 24-7 to someone who, who's already met a cat and knows how adorable they can be. And the dog goes, I go to smite you. I go to smite you. Uh, where's my smiting equipment? Hang on a minute. Uh, that's not it. No, that's my... Can I smite you with this ukulele? I don't think so. No, I can't smite you with smite you with... Uh, could I smite you with a smartphone? I have an iPhone here. It's an iPhone 14. Can I smite you with that? I could smite you by playing another podcast on it into the into the thing. Hold on again. Let me find another podcast. Oh, here's one. Here's another pod. Oh, it's not coming out because it's plugged into the Bluetooth. It's your lucky day. I haven't been able to smite you with another podcast because my, oh, my phone is connected to my Bluetooth earphone. So it's not playing over the microphone. Uh, so it's your lucky day, barman. And the barman says, I suppose it is. I suppose it is. I suppose they've all have a lucky day, though, because we exist. Any day that you exist is a lucky day, isn't it, dog? And the dog says, you haven't been listening to a fucking word I said, have you? You haven't listened to a fucking word I said. Uh, well, except during the past five minutes when we did the stuff about panting and competing with cats. But all the philosophy stuff I said earlier, you didn't hear or understand a word of it, did you? The barman says, well, it wasn't really for me. It was for the audience. And... Uh, the dog says, well, what if we edit it so it's all done in a different order and we put this bit at the beginning? And they're thinking, oh, what happened earlier that we don't know about? And we go, oh, they'll hear it later. He'll hear it in a later segment that's already been recorded. And the man behind the bar says, as well as you could do that, but would that not make the program a bit co incoherent? And the dog says, you're worried that into your head podcast will become less coherent 
And the dog says, oh, and come the man behind the bar goes, oh, I, I see what you mean there. I see what you mean. What's a podcast? And the dog goes, well, it's like a, it's like a cat, except it's not. It's even less uh, books. What's that even mean? That doesn't mean anything. That was just me being mean about cats. I'm a dog and I'm being mean about cats. I'm a dog who's been here since before the beginning of time, as you're going to hear proven in either later segments or earlier segments. And I'm here trying to have a swipe at some cat by being clever. Fucking ridiculous. What's wrong with me? I've wasted my, my eternal life as a dog. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to get out of here. What am I doing in a bar anyway? Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, oh, look, there's a rabbit. I'm going to go chase it. <laughs> uh, and a great noise is had by all. Now, uh, I know what you're thinking there. Uh, no, I don't really. I don't know what you're thinking. Well, let's say I do. Let's suppose for a moment that I know what you're thinking. And let's suppose for a moment that what I know you're thinking is, well, you'll know what, what I know you're thinking. You're the one who knows what you're thinking. See, you're the one who knows what I know you're thinking. So uh, just whatever. Fill in the gaps there. If I go, I know what you're thinking. Uh, don't wait for me to tell you. You already know what you're thinking. So just thinking your mind. He says he knows what I'm thinking. So he knows the following. And just insert that. I'll leave a silence in here if you like. And then you can think through the next part of the sequence in your mind and think, oh, I know what you're thinking. And there, I left a space for you to insert what I know you're thinking. Uh, so then it'll be accurate and there can be no more complaints about me getting it wrong, what you're thinking, because you're responsible for that part. I'll be liking one of those news reports, the one of those 30-minute news reports that our parents used to watch. Uh, the fellow will come on and say, oh, the newsreader, he'll introduce the story and he'll say, with the details now, here's our political correspondent. And then the political correspondent will be responsible for everything that's said there. Uh, he'll say a load of stuff and then he'll hand back to the news presenter and the news presenter will go, oh, that's grand. I'm not responsible for any of that. I just say, oh, that was our political correspondent. It's his fault. Now, of course, uh, you Americans uh, got her wrong because you have all these big news anchors who you make them chief editor. So when someone screws up, but they have to take responsibility. They end up getting sacked. Your man... Dan Rather had to, had to get leave his job because he was the, oh, he had editorial responsibility over some woman who reported something wrong, such as my understanding. Uh, was there something about Barack Obama? I can't remember the exact details. I'm sure you can look them up. But no, uh, you Americans decided, oh, we'll have this fella whose name is on the news. We won't just say it's the nine o'clock news. We'll say it's Dan Watts-his-face's nine o'clock news. And he's damn well responsible for everything that's said on it, even if it's by a correspondent. He's the editor. We work, we have him working his arse off 24 hours a day while he's saying the words on the television for half an hour. He's using his other head to say other stuff in the background. That's the way, that's the way you have them. So you're obsessed. Is it a star shortage or something? I don't know. You just, you seem to all love having one fella. Oh, one fella who does everything. You do the same with your late, late light 
talk shows. You have, oh, you have David Letterman come on and you say, hello, uh, for the next hour, uh, every night for the next 30 years, I'm the sole entertainer. I do all the comedy and all the interviewing. Uh, I'll do a big long monologue about 9-11 when that happens and I'll be expected to be all serious. And then I'll do the, I'll pretend to be in the, all the music that comes on. I'll say, oh, look, here's Bruce Springsteen. I've been a fan of Bruce Springsteen since, let's see, when did I become a fan of Bruce Springsteen? Oh, that's right, I didn't. I'm just pretending. Of course, then when COVID came along, they all had to do their chat shows along in their own house, uh, sit in their sitting room and say, hello, this is a thing in my own house. There's no audience here, so I'm just going to say stuff. I'm going to say stuff into a microphone and hope to Christ someone is watching it. That's what they did. And then you had some woman on Irish television who started doing reports from her shed in some sort of uh, news and current affairs magazine programme. She introduced it from a shed that she built in her back garden so she wouldn't get COVID. She just sat there in her shed and said, hello, I'm in my shed now. It's a television station in my shed. I suppose that's reasonable. You can put a television station anywhere. It's just a set. You can put a set anywhere. There's no, there's no law saying a television station has to have a certain place. It's not like an altar in a church where it has to be up the top and it has to have a big stone plinth or something in the cross above it and a fancy window above. No, no, you can run a TV show from anywhere. Uh, you can build a set. Funny you should mention that. I had a relative who's a priest who would come to the house and he'd say, oh, clear the table now. I'm going to take out my briefcase. And his briefcase would have basically a portable church in it. You take out a crucifix and some uh, bits, bottles of wine or whatever you bless people with and all his other equipment, all his other basically his, his massing equipment and you put them out on the dining room table and you give us our own mass right there in our dining room. And you didn't go, oh, this isn't a church. You can't do this. This isn't a church. That was basically a television set for a priest. Absolutely fucking fantastic. And then he'd pack it all up and go away. I'd never see him again for another year. And then we'd have to go to a normal church the next week. You can't get a takeaway mass every week. It doesn't work like that. Well, I suppose you can. They let old people watch it on TV, I suppose, in nursing homes. Well, I don't remember how mass works. I haven't been to a mass in at least... Oh, at least a month. I went to a funeral a month ago. That was my first time at a mass in about, oh, since the previous funeral, I suppose. They seem to be all, these masses seem to be all about death and destruction. Go to a normal mass and it's all about some fella being nailed to a cross. I say, this fella was nailed to a cross. We used, what type, you say, what type of nails did you use? And they'll say, that's irrelevant. Have to just listen. And you'll say, oh, okay. And then you'll say, this fella was nailed to a cross. And you'll say, who did it? Is there a search warrant out for them? Uh, will they be arrested? Are they going to be brought to justice? And the priest will say, no, 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 no. Uh, he decided to forgive them all. Uh, they were never arrested. They were just said, oh, I forgive them. They know not what they do. 
And you'll say, oh, so they didn't know what they were doing, so they were incompetent. So that would be why they drilled. That's why they drilled the nails through his hands. Is that right? And the priest will say, no, they did that on purpose. They said, if we drill the nails through his hands, that was some reason or other. Forget the exact details. I think they were mocking him or something. And you say, are you sure we shouldn't be out looking for this fella? This fella's going around driving nails through people's hands and he's intentionally doing it to the one fella who'll forgive him. That seems a bit much. I'm all for forgiveness and all, but we now have laws in this country. And the priest will say, well, it's funny you should mention it. It was in another country, a different jurisdiction. And not only that, it was a couple of million years ago. So probably wasn't even the current government that's there. Mightn't even have been the same country. I don't know, because countries start and finish and start all over again. If you arrest someone in ancient Rome, then they escape and then you put out a search warrant and you find them 3,000 years later. You can't just go back to... You can't just get the Irish Minister for Foreign Affairs to contact the government of ancient Rome and say, hello, I believe you have a warrant out for this fellow we have under arrest. Uh, do we have an extradition agreement with ancient Rome? You do not. When time travel comes along, of course, you'll be able to do that. You have all sorts of complicated extradition agreements with different different countries from different eras and I have to say oh we'll have an extradition system with modern England but not with any England from before 1949 because we we didn't like them then and we weren't friends with England back then so uh, we won't extradite anyone to pre-1949 England uh, oh, you know, get the general idea. We won't extradite anyone to the Germany of between about 1930 and 1940. For anyone from other times, it's fine. That's going to get very complicated. Well, what can you do? What can you do? Just because someone, something's getting complicated doesn't mean you can just go, oh, it's too complicated, let's just forget about it. You cannot. You have to tackle these things. One day there's going to be time travel and we're just going to have to deal with it. We're just going to have to deal, we're just going to have to get the lawyers out. Of course the lawyers will have a field day. They'll be going, oh, your client is under arrest. He's wanted by three different, different versions of the Irish government. The one from before 1920-something. And then he's wanted also by the one between 1920-something and 1930-something when there was the Irish Free State. And then he's wanted by the Irish Republic that came in in the 1940s or 50s, wherever it was. Excuse me, I don't know the exact details. I'm not a freaking historian. But no, you could have someone who's wanted in all three versions of the Irish state from different times in the first half of the 20th century. You'd have to have extradition. Oh, but oh, wait a minute. Would you have an extradition agreement with your own country? Probably not. But I was saying another time, it's a different country. So the Ireland from before 1940-something was a different country. And then the one from... I don't know how it works. No idea how it works. Have the clue. That's why we need to get the lawyers in and say, oh, you make the lawyers rich. Well, so what? Uh, we make the man who invented the smartphone is rich. I don't see you complaining. What, you want him to be poor? You do not. You want him to be like, there was some fellow who was involved in the original creation of Spider-Man or something who ended up homeless or something. I'm not sure. 
wasn't Spike Lee or whoever it is. There was some other fella. Don't remember the exact details. I watch all these documentaries and remember some bits of it that are vaguely interesting and then I forget them. Especially with the Spider-Man stuff. I have no interest in these fucking superhero cartoons. No interest at all. Don't know why I was even watching it. Probably because I couldn't find anything else. There's nothing on television at the moment. Absolutely nothing worth watching. Anyway, on with the show. into a bar. <coughs> One of the cats goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest dairy milk, please? Pint of your finest dairy milk. And the man behind the bar says, Certainly, sir. Now, do you mean milk as a beverage or do you mean the brand of chocolate that goes by the name dairy milk? I believe they call it Cadbury dairy milk or Cadbury's because uh, that's a weird possessive apostrophe either before or after the S. I can never remember. It never, not that it matters. Not that it matters at all. It's not like I'm ever going to be writing it down. And the cat says, Oh, I meant a pint of dairy milk, please. And the man behind the bar says, Well, why don't you? Just say milk then. It's a fucking bar. How many types of milk do you think we have? And the cat says, I've no idea. If I knew how many types of milk a bar stocked, I'd set up my own bar and run it myself and probably earn a fortune. And the man behind the bar says, well, that's very presumptuous. You think the only thing involved, you think if you know about milk, that makes you an expert and you can run the bar. Don't be fucking ridiculous. That's insulting. You're insulting my profession, if that's what you think, uh, young cat. And the young cat says, call me a young cat. I'm 17 years of age. That might be young for a human, but I'm not a human. I'm no more a human than this bar counter here. This counter here is sitting they're doing nothing. It's an inanimate object. I'm no more a human than that. Although that's not to say that I'm an inanimate object. I'm not an inanimate object. Any more than you are, you the barman who's sitting there pontificating about what age I am and whether I'm young or old. Christ almighty, young cat. You never hear the like of it. Calling me a young cat. And the man behind the bar says, Oh, I'm very sorry, sir. I was only saying young cat to be polite. I meant it as a compliment. In my species, when you call someone young or you pretend that they look young or that you think they're young, it's taken as a compliment. And the cat says, Well, that might be the case in normal places, but in a bar it's taken as an accusation. An accusation that I have false ID or no ID and that I'm underage and that I need to be checked. Oh, do you want to lift me up like the vet does and look under me and look at me from all angles and open my mouth and tell my owners I'm lovely like a lie and all that crap is that what you want to do and the man behind the bar says no not at all I don't want to do any of that I just have to it's part of my job now let me pick you up here now get up on the bar don't stand on the wooden part here's use this big mat here sit on the rubber mat here there's a good cat now if you just open your mouth and have a look in I'm going to look you in the mouth like a gift horse measure how old you are and the cat says and the man behind the bar says oh you're almost like a normal cat now in that position because you can't talk. Uh, normal cats can't talk, you know that. that. That's why I'm suspicious about your age. If cats could talk, 
Uh, surely to Christ they would they'd spend the first 50 years of their life at least learning how to talk. They wouldn't be able to talk at your age. Uh, it, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem realistic to me. And the cat says, uh, Oh, the cat says, uh, Fuck you, you old bollocks. And the man behind the bar says, Now how did you say that? You still have your mouth open. And the cat says, I use my mouth to talk to it. You open your mouth to talk, you fucking moron. And the man behind the bar says, oh, I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. When I'm talking, I have my mouth open, all right. That's true. Uh, when I'm eating, I have her open too. Uh, but you're not, apparently you're not supposed to talk and eat at the same time, apparently. That's a bad thing. You're not allowed to multitask with your own mouth. You're not allowed to multitask with your own fucking mouth. Because this stupid world, this stupid society, we put down these rules. You can be sitting here having a nice sandwich and chatting the way to someone in your own bar and someone will tell you you're being rude uh, be talking is fine talking to people eating with people with fa- is fine we're apparently doing the two things simultaneously and uh, making full use of your mouth for the purposes for which god intended it as uh, apparently bad manners have you ever heard the like of it bad manners absolutely fucking ridiculous and now i have a cat here standing on my counter with his mouth open and and he's telling me, oh, I have my mouth open. That's how I'm able to talk. Fucking ridiculous. It's absolutely it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever in any way, shape or form. In any, whether it is nobler in the mind or nobler in the imagination. What's that quote? Uh, and the cat says, are you trying to quote Shakespeare? And the man behind the bar says, oh, is that what it is? I didn't know it was from Shakespeare. I just know all these quotes. It doesn't really matter where they're, where they're from. What matters is what you make of them, what you do with them. If I tell you, but what's that thing? Neither a borrower nor a lender be as a piece of advice. You don't go saying, now who said that? So I can look her up and see what their qualifications are and see how much I can trust them. No, no, because it's not a fucking newspaper. You don't go, oh, do I trust this news? paper I do or not you do not you say oh that's a nice old slogan uh, neither a borrower nor a lender be I'll take that on board as a piece of advice even though it hasn't been backed up or anything if you wrote a fucking university thesis that said neither a borrower nor a lender be you'd be told where are your citations citations needed of Christ's sake you can't just go for one thing that's only about six words but the average university thesis is thousands and thousands of words. This is something like, I've never written one, but I'd say it's something like at least 10,000 or 20,000 words. Now, it doesn't stipulate how long the words have to be, but you can be damn sure to Christ as hell if you fill the hall with words of three letters or less uh, just wouldn't do, do very well. Nobody would be able to make sense of it. And although they're all real words, it's very unlikely that they were convey any meaning and the cat says did you just do a silent belch there and the man behind the bar says yes i did it was very unsatisfying i like when i have a belch naturally during the course of a podcast recording uh so it just comes up and do it in the middle of something uh but no that came out silent so it sounded ridiculous sounded like i was oh it sounded like i was having difficulty operating my mouth that's what it sounded like well it wasn't it's perfectly fine with operating my mouth or using my mouth to touch a multitask 
multitasking thing again, you see. I was using the, my mouth, I was operating my mouth as a communication medium, uh, albeit a one-way one, because I don't, I talk through my mouth, but the, the words that come back in from the other person to whom I'm conversing, the sound doesn't, that's the weird thing. You talk through your mouth, but you don't, uh, you listen through another part. The fuck, that's fucking, that's like if you get, it's like one of those fucking old telephone receivers, you hold it up to your head and there's one part at one end that you can talk into but if you were to talk and then move that and hold it up to your ear you wouldn't hear anything uh you wouldn't understand anything oh don't wait a minute on the original very very first phones wasn't it a thing where you told it oh you told it to your mouth and speak and then you told the same thing up to your ear and listen uh but you'd have to make damn sure to christ as hell that you were listening at the right moment uh that's when it took skill to operate a telephone i can tell you Nowadays, they just go, oh, my telephone is ringing. There's a big thing on it saying, answer or reject. There's a green button that says answer. There's a red button that says reject. Or you can just ignore it and let it go to voicemail. And then your voicemail, which is pretty much just a robot, picks it up and says, hello, who's that? Uh, leave a message. I don't feel bad about the fact that it cost me 49 cents to, to listen to this message. And you could just text me. But no, no, leave a message. It's absolutely fine leave a message and i'll come back to you in due course at least i won't have to use my mouth to listen to it i can use my ear yeah, so anyway no no the barman says that's the thing that's always bothered me the whole if you have a conversation that goes in through your mouth no it goes in through your ears and the words go out through your mouth but then you put stuff out to your mouth it might be a question that you need important answers to so it goes out through your mouth uh presumably from the lower part of your brain just behind the mouth but then the reply comes back and it comes in through your ears uh, which connect to a different part of your brain how does that part of your brain know uh, where to direct this stuff because that part of the brain didn't send out the question it did not that part of the great brain is for listening so it hears this stuff and says oh is this the wrong number or should i divert it to the mouth down there uh and then if it diverts it to the mouth then you have a feedback problem because you just repeat what you said that doesn't help at all uh that's like that's like that thing we had a few weeks ago uh, was it on here or was it on my match to cat comics i can't remember oh yes heard a thing about her uh, I think it was a dragon or something eating its own head. And if it, if it hit its own head, the head would poke out through its mouth. And you see the head poking out through its mouth. Uh, then if you look closer, you see its mouth inside its own mouth. And you see its own head inside that mouth again. That's what would happen if the brain wasn't wired correctly. And who among us can be absolutely sure that of the 7 million billion people on this planet, everybody has their mouth and ears wired up correctly. I very much doubt they don't and when you add in all the other species then the chances are even less so I mean you're a cat what are the chances that you can even speak well in this case 100% because you can speak but we know that already if I didn't know that you could speak the chances that you could speak would be about point not 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 one percent and then of course when I say that you start speaking and yeah, people think that they think if the chance of something happening is very low and then it happens that means the the person who measured the chances are, is wrong. That's a misunderstanding of how statistics work. Nobody understands statistics anymore, except me, a barman. Anyway, was it milk you were looking for? And the cat says, yes, a pint of your finest dairy milk, please. 
and the man behind the bar says, oh, we don't sell milk, not, not at night anyway. It's like tea or coffee. You don't come into a pub like this at night and ask him to make you a cup of tea. You do not, or a pint of milk. If you come in at lunchtime when we're doing, we're doing our fine pub grub, our sandwiches that come out of a box somewhere uh, with a few chips beside them, then we'll give you a pint of milk if we have enough left. But no, not at night. At night you come here and here, you have a pint of alcohol like everyone else, or else you have a, some juice. You say, can I have some juice, please? You should stipulate what kind of juice you mean, because otherwise I'm going to give you. If someone asks me, they rarely do, but if someone comes in here and says, can I have a juice, please? And they don't stipulate what kind, and then they walk away, so they don't give me a chance to ask. Uh, usually I'll assume I'll de default to orange juice. But there might be people coming in from another country here who, in their own society, when they ask for juice, the default is something else, like, for example, banana juice. And I'll give them a thing of orange juice, so they might kill them. They might not be used to orange juice at all. Cause a lot of people are allergic to citric, and they probably won't even know it if they're used to drinking a banana banana juice by default or wherever it is. So no, I don't want to kill people. So I'd much rather they stipulate what kind of juice they want, just so I can be sure. Just so I can be sure that I'm not going to kill them, because that would look bad. It would look bad if I killed somebody, even if it was accidental. You can kill someone by accident and be completely innocent of killing them, and it can still look bad. You'll still have dire consequences, such as people not wanting to come into your pub anymore. And then tell you, if you have people not wanting to come into your pub anymore, that's a bad thing if you're running your pub. It's a bad thing, a bad thing, completely undesirable, absolutely oh, Oh, that's fantastic. Look at this. I uh, just got an email and the cat says, what in the name of Christ are you talking about? And the man behind the bar says, oh, sorry, the narrator got distracted there by an email. Uh, which is ridiculous because his phone doesn't even have alerts on. He picked up his phone absentmindedly and looked at it and saw an email and decided to share it with the world. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Uh, but that's the way it goes. These, these young people now, they can't sit for they can't sit for an hour and a half staring into space, poked with their mouth pointed at a microphone and a big red dot somewhere in the background looking blurry but definitely on. It's on. Oh, it's on. It's definitely on. The numbers are moving, so that means it's recording. That's good. But no, people can't sit. Young people can't sit nowadays and record a podcast for an hour without picking up the phone absentmindedly and foostering with it, fiddling with it. And the cat says, oh, it's funny you should mention that. And the man behind the bar says, is it? Why is that? And the cat says, I don't know. You tell me. And the man behind the bar says, how in the name of Christ would I know? The cat says, well, you, you know everything. I thought you knew everything. Going all about the mouth and statistics and the chances of a cat talking and the fact that if the cat talks, that doesn't mean the chances of it talking are any higher. It just means, as you explained it to me, as I understand it, you're saying that if there's a not point, not, 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 one percent chance of a particular cat being able to talk and then it immediately starts talking, that just doesn't mean the chances of it talking were mismeasured. It just means, it just means it's a blue moon. That's what I mean. It's a blue moon. And how often do you have a blue moon? Not very often, from what I understand. 
what even is a blue moon? Is it something to do with pornography or something? I don't know. Is a blue moon something to do with pornography? And the man behind the bar says, are you asking me? Because I don't know. I wouldn't know anything about that. I don't look and I don't fucking, you know, I just, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand word. Uh, what did you say? Biography. Did you ask me something about biography? And the cat says, no, I said pornography. And the man behind the bar says, oh, you mean penmanship. You said pornography. And the cat says, no, I don't think so. I think I said, was there something like pal- palatology? And the man behind the bar says, I don't even know what that is. Do you mean maybe paleontology? Oh, no, what's the one where the stamp collecting? That's philanthropicality or something. Philanthropy. No, wait, is philanthropy a different? What's the one where people collect stamps and they put them in a book and then they say, oh, look, I've got all these stamps. I've got the penny red from uh, 1933. I've got the penny black from 1944. Either of them is worth a penny. You could sell it now for a couple of hundred euros. That doesn't mean it's worth it, though. If you put one of these stamps on a, on a letter to they draw it down and post it they'd say oh no 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 that doesn't you need 150 of them to send a to send a postcard to any of the 32 counties in fact you can only wait a minute you have to pay extra to go to the top six counties i'm not sure officially that's in another country so is that international i don't know i have no idea having the foggiest notion all i know is if you want to send a letter anywhere in this country nowadays something like one euro and 65 cents so your old penny black won't get you anywhere in fact it'll get you even less places when you translate because that's old money and old pences worth even less than the new pence that we had in the 70s and 80s it's worth even less now so you'd have to cover your whole letter in those stamps. Uh, and the cat says, that's very interesting. I can't remember what you saying all that stuff for was, was I. I can't remember at all. The man behind the bar says, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter one bit that the two cats walk into a bar story is just a... Oh, it's just a tool to get going. You don't have to follow it or remember it or anything. That's just how we get going. It's nothing, nothing to worry about. It's just a, it's just a format of a podcast. He says some nonsense like two cats walk into a bar, and that's how he gets going. He's done it done something he's done 23 minutes with the based on this one already isn't it great isn't it absolutely fantastic how many podcasts do you know where they do that he goes two cats walk into a bar and it gets him going on a load of stuff that he never knew he was going to say uh all complete bollocks of course but still it's a, it's a genius bespoke format that's what it is i've started putting bespoke format in the in the podcast descriptions for people who come across this thing they'll say oh what's a bespoke format i've never seen that word before and if they ask i'll say oh that's a special word i got that's the word bespoke created specially for my podcast nobody else uses it like a new word especially one of a kind word i got made especially for me and they say oh that's great what does it mean and i'll explain what bespoke means because of course it isn't a new word it's a perfectly perfectly normal word it just means it's one of a kind there isn't there isn't a chip factory chain coming out with into your heads all over the place no no it's one that's a problem though because if i ever want to if i ever want to expand this operation and have into your heads 
into your head podcasts in every town in the country and have a me in every town in the country doing a version of into your head they have with oh like they have with fast food chains uh, i don't think that's going to work that's a problem that's a problem luckily this isn't a business but if it was it wouldn't be scalable it just wouldn't be scalable at all well let's not worry about that because it's not a fucking business it's a fucking pastime just happen to have a lot of time to pass at the moment so i'm passing it doing this and the cat says that's fascinating absolutely fascinating now how are we doing with my pint of milk and the man behind the bar says i told you we don't sell milk at night you don't hear no normal actually no actually that's incorrect uh, officially we do sell milk at night i don't change the menu or anything uh, but no bar customer is stupid enough to come in here and be seen asking for a pint of milk it's just not the done thing you don't do it it's like going into a mcdonald's at uh, two o'clock in the afternoon and saying can i have a pancake sausage cornflake porridge thing uh, in a cup uh, they'll say no sir we're not doing we're not doing breakfast anymore and you'll say oh really you've abolished breakfast completely that's, that's sorry to hear that i only come here for the breakfast and they'll say no no when i say abolish completely i just mean we abolish them every day at around 10 a.m but then we start them again the next morning at some point and then you say, oh, I see. So they're not abolished completely. You just, you just stop accessing them. And they'll say yes. And then they'll remember that film uh, Falling Down with Michael Douglas. They'll remember that scene where he came in and he wouldn't give him breakfast and he went mad and pulled a gun on them. And you'll say, I could probably rustle something up for you, sir, if you want. And you'll say, if you've any decency, you'll say, oh, no, no, don't worry. Relax. I know you're probably scared now because you've seen Michael Douglas in Falling Down and you're afraid I'm going to point the gun at you but no don't worry about that uh, I may well point the gun at you uh, but if you remember the movie falling down the guy behind the counter didn't come to any physical harm at all so you've nothing to worry about I may well point the gun at you and hold everyone hostage like he did in the film but no you won't come to any harm all that's going to happen is that you're going to make me breakfast whether you like it or not and then they'll say oh that's very reassuring thank you very much thank you you very 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 much what did you say your name was and you'll say uh hopefully i didn't because that would be very unwise for me to say my name very 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 unwise uh i also remembered not to scan my loyalty card did they even have loyalty cards in here and the man oh the man behind the checkout will say well not as such we have those things that are where you collect uh, coffee tokens you put it on oh you get a card that you peel off the cup and then you get a sticker on each cup and you put one on and then every 10 trips you say hello i get a free coffee with these 10 stickers i don't know if there's an electronic version of that that can be traced to you now in the app or something i don't know i do not use mcdonald's apps i do not have refused to use them i refuse point blank to use them and the man in front of the thing will say oh i see but you working mcdonald's you're not should you not be doing all that and the man behind the counter will say sir i don't know if you know how these places work but the people who use working fast food joints at least the ones who come out alive don't uh eat uh, fast food all day every day no no we do not uh, nor should you uh, but i didn't tell you that i didn't tell you that 
and the Michael Douglas type we are trying to be uh, for some reason will say, oh, that's fine, that's fine. Anyway, uh, here's my gun. I'm going to point it vaguely at you over here, but please don't feel threatened. Uh, just just feel threatened enough to do, be making you a breakfast, if you don't mind. And I'll just politely sit here and look terrifying. But that's just to entertain the, that's just to entertain the, the movie audience and the audience of the podcast. So don't worry about that. And the man will say, oh, certainly, sir, I'll get you some breakfast now. Now, how are we going to get this back to the... Because we're a story within a story now. How are we going to get back this back to the, the cat at the bar asking for milk? And you'll say, I don't know. I don't in the name. Why would we want to? I mean, why would we want to? We've moved on now. And the man will say, well, which man? That's the problem. I haven't labelled these people properly. I keep saying the man behind the counter and the man in front of the counter. It's not like that at all. There's a man behind the counter who's the the fella, the fast food operative, customer service fella. And there's a man at the other side of the counter who's the fella who's pulling a gun and wanting breakfast at three in the afternoon. I didn't name them well at all. I, didn't, I keep saying the man and the man. That's not, that's not practical at all. I haven't, I haven't started this story properly at all in the way that it can be carried over so i'll just go yeah i'll go back to the bar thing now might as well and the man behind the bar says ah, okay sir so pint of milk it is and the cat says no it's most certainly is not that's a pint of guinness i know one i've seen them all over the place i may not be a very old cat i'm only about 17 but i know what's a pint of guinness and what's a pint of milk well, not necessarily. I might see something. You might show me something that's a glass of white stuff and it might be Malibu or some crap. Uh, but I can tell you, I know when it's not a pint of milk if it's black. Or, well, not that. No, if it's a black drink uh, with a white head. I know that's not milk. I may not know that some other white drink that he give me is not milk until I drink it. But I know that's not milk. And the man behind the bar will say, well, I did explain to you sir, at least three times that it's not the done thing to ask for a pint of milk in a bar in the evening. It's certain it's just not the done thing. And the cat says, well, I've done it, so get over it. And the man behind the bar says, certainly, uh, do you want to build a bridge for me? And... Uh, Oh, the cat will say, no, that won't work. Because if you build a bridge, presumably you'll build a bridge, I'll build a bridge for you over the the gap in the counter that's designed for uh, bar staff to enter and exit the bar area. If I build a bridge over that thing, you won't be able to get out at all. And the man behind the bar says, that's fine. The bridge usually lifts up and it'll be like a lifting part of a table. A lot of bars have that where they have a bit of a table that lifts up and the man lifts it up and comes out and goes in and out. Only problem with that is that some drunkard is going to settle down there, put his three pints of Guinness on the fucking tabletop and you'll have to ask him to move every time he wants to go out. So he could just crouch and squeeze out under the under the fold-down part of the bar. Why would you do that? Well, because you have to, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know.